This morning in our conversation of the day today, we're talking about budgeting, understanding the importance of budgeting. And we have Nelisiwe Masango, who is an award-winning entrepreneur and MD of Bear Run Investments. A very good morning to you, Nelisiwe. Good morning to you and your lovely listeners. And thank you for being with us this morning. Now, budgeting may be a daunting task for some, while for others it may be something that they live by religiously. And it's always good to start and go back to the basics. Let's just talk about why does a person need a monthly budget? Why do we need to budget every month? So first and foremost, we need to discuss what a budget actually is. Yeah. Because a personal budget is when you measure your income against your expenses. Mm. The whole aim of having a budget is to have a surplus instead of a deficit at the end of the month. You need to make sure you have money left over. Mm-hmm. And and in terms of that amount that's left over, what's a, a, a healthy percentage of the overall money that should be you know, in your account? Or even if you have five rent over, man, you're doing good. Or is, is there a, a, a relatively good measure that we can look at? Yes, there is. The entry level is 5 to 10% savings at the end of each and every single month. Mm-hmm. All right. No, that's good enough. And I think that it's a good uh, foundation to start on. What does a budget look like or consist of? So basically a budget, in a nutshell, like I said, is about your income against your expenses. It's very important for you to list all your income streams. So that would be your basic salary, your commission, any overtime that you get if you have a side business, different projects, etc. Then list all your expenses. Fixed and variable. So fixed would be your usual bond or rent, car deposits, etc. All right. Then variable would be uh, variables would be the expenses that change according to the month. Mm-hmm. Also, very very important for people to do is you need to review your budget regularly and cut back when necessary, because when it comes to budgeting, a lot of people have um, misconceptions. So these are the top three myths that people always. Um, attached to budgeting. They either say, one, I'm not good at maths or accounting. Right. Two, I've got a secure, stable job or I've got a, a business contract that's going to be for three, four years. And the biggest one, someone would say, well, I'm debt-free or I come from a wealthy family. I don't need to budget. Unfortunately, everyone living has to budget. So now let's talk about some of those um, goals that, or those steps or those reasons why people talk about not budgeting. Number one, do you have to be good at maths to, to, to budget? Because like from what you just said, it's literally about two columns. On the one hand, it's money that's coming in. And on the other hand, it's listing the money that's coming out. And a good budget will have more money that's in than money that's out. Because if you have more expenses, then it means you are living beyond your means. A hundred percent. You know, at the end of the day, you don't have to be good at maths or accounting, but everyone can count money, right? We all have the ability to count money. And at the end of the month, you need to ensure that you have nothing less than 5 to 10% left of your, um, to save. That savings allows you to actually, you know, pay off high interest debts or small debts. Um, it allows you to save up extra cash to have an emergency fund and even save up for certain goals. You want to buy your first house, you need a deposit. You want to pay off your car, you want to go study, you want to travel. All these things require money from savings, not from your income. So this is why budgeting is important. 
the minute you, you get into the habit of having a budget weekly and then monthly, allow yourself to ensure that, you know, you have a surplus. If you have a deficit, that's when people start tapping into their credit cards, they take a personal loan, they have an overdraft, etc. That is not healthy, but I mean, with, with high interest rates and that, that's where a lot of South Africans are finding themselves today. So it's important to cut down on things that aren't imperative. Um, maybe cut down on DSTV. Mm. Maybe it's time for you to start a lift club in your area to save you some petrol. Maybe it's time for you to actually downgrade your house, downgrade your car. Whatever it takes, to, maybe that lunch every Friday night and Saturday, or um, that dinner every Friday night and Saturday is not necessary. Learn to turn your friends down. You know, whatever it takes in order for you to survive, but also whatever it takes for you to save so you can start settling your debts and planning for the future. Let's talk about, you know, being able to distinguish between your wants and your needs because those mm-hmm. are two very different uh, things, you know, and what are some of the questions that you need to ask yourself, you know, in terms of your needs and your wants? Mm-hmm. So the biggest thing is to, one, write down your goals. Two, write down when you want to achieve these goals, so the timeline. Number three, how much is needed for these goals? Number four, how do you plan to raise the funds? Because without goals, a lot of people just end up saving for no good reason. You know, there's a nice life problem, but you need to have, um, you need to sort of hone it down and find out where it is that you actually want to go. Whether it's you want to be debt free, you want to travel, buy a house, etc. But I've got a couple of guidelines, percentage guidelines, just to give everyone a rough estimation of, irrespective of what your salary is, how how much in terms of percentage should go in certain categories. Mm-hmm. So the first one is, you shouldn't spend more than. 55% on housing. Housing would include mortgage, your taxes, so your rates and taxes, rental, house insurance, etc. Then, transportation, it shouldn't be more than 15 to 20%. Mm-hmm. Whether it's your bus, taxi, fuel, um, insurance, maintenance, parking. Parking is very expensive. We need to also you know, filter that into our budget. The third thing is food. How much is too much? Yeah. 10 to 20% should be spent on food. So that's your groceries, personal care, so in terms of your personal hygiene, um, baby food as well. You also have to put that in there. The next part, category four out of six, debt payments. That's part is very important because that's when you'll realize if you spend too much on debt or you, you're in above your head. Five to 15% should be spent on debt. No more. And if then of course. Sorry. Yes, five to fifteen percent. Five to fifteen percent. So if you're paying more than five to fifteen percent on debt, perhaps you have too much debt. Then you have too much debt. That's a great way to actually analyze how much debt you have based on your salary. Then five or six would be personal. So that should be um, five to ten percent. Basically personal would be how do you spoil yourself? Um, entertainment, recreation, a hobby. You know, alcohol and tobacco would fall under this category. Or even if you decided to study, anything you're doing for yourself shouldn't be beyond 5 to 10%. And then the last part, which I mentioned in the beginning, is savings. 5 to 10% of your salary should go straight to savings. And from your savings, that's where you can take a portion for investing, starting a business, etc. 
And let's talk about designing your budget according to your needs. You know, we spoke earlier on about certain things that you may need to start doing to scale back if you see that your budget is not, you know, accommodating your lifestyle. Are we living under pressure to keep up with the Joneses, buying cars we can't afford, living in homes we can't afford, and actually, you know, doing things that we can't afford just to keep up, you know, a certain type of appearance, you know, how do we deal with that also just as a, a a factor, you know, contributing to people living beyond their means? That is a very interesting point because especially with um, social media, a lot of people on social media such as, you know, your Instagram, your Facebook, etc. And nowadays you always have to update a status, tell people what you're doing, where you are, what you're eating, what car you bought, mm. you know. So that puts a lot of people under the and the pressure to then say, well, my life is not as perfect as one, two, and three. Also, it gives people a false impression of what your life really really, um, uh, entails. So you could post a picture that you're having some sushi and champagne and Samson, but you know very well there's no food at home. Mm. It's important for us as a society, and as much as social media has its pros and cons, we need to have values, and still values from, you know, the household. Let's discuss budgeting with our spouses, irrespective of who makes more money. Even in a, re- a marriage or relationship, even if one person is not making money, that person is included in the decisions that need to be made with regards to budgeting. Include your children. Don't wait till your children uh, get their first job at 22, 23, their student loans to pay. From a very young age, generally people give their kids tuck money or whatever they call it these days, <laughs> um, sit down with your child and say, okay, if we're giving you 30 rand a day, yeah. how much are you saving? Let's break down how much How much do you need for sweets, how much do you need for extra lessons, etc. But above all else, a piggy bank. Back in our days, we used to have that literally a pig with a hole at the top and it saved coins. A little goes a long way. The piggy bank might not be able to take the child to varsity, but it instills those financial um financial independent uh, uh, traits. Yeah. It allows them to understand that the money I have is not all mine and it's not meant to be spent on sweets. Same thing with adults. Fast forward 20 years later, you think the money you're earning has to go straight to a German car, has to go straight to a house in, in the north, north for rental, whatever the case is. It has to go straight to these expensive shops. And I have nothing against that because, you know, personally, I like the finer things. Right. But you need to budget for that. And also don't compare yourself to someone, don't compare your page two to someone else's page 15. Some people have worked extra hard. People have been, you know, people have been burned. Um, people, some people are rewarding themselves. So it's really about focusing on yourself, your, your, your spouse, your partner, as well as your kids, your household. And together, that's the only way you can become financially independent. It's not a, a one-man horse race. It's really about empowering people uh, in and around your circle ensure that budgeting comes first. Now that it's Women's Month, ladies, let us promote budgeting. Let us promote financial independence. Let's sit down with girlfriends and say, okay, how far are you with your savings goal? Yeah. Did you want to take a trip to America? How far are you with that? So let's encourage each other.
And those are the questions and the type of conversations we need to have with ourselves because, you know, you know, sometimes the level of conversation just needs to be elevated a little bit. You know, instead of always checking about what's happening on social media, let's talk about our own personal development as women. 100%. And the, the 5 to 10%, mm. first of all, I really like that because, like I said, that incorporates entertainment, um, alcohol, tobacco, eating out, etc. But there's a small portion that says education. How much are you spending or how much are you putting aside for your personal education? Education, I'm not speaking about a solid degree or MBA, etc. Education is an ongoing thing. Are you signing up to financial trading programs? Are you signing up to courses that allow you to budget properly? Are you signing up to entrepreneurship workshops so you can start a business? It's very important to put yourself um, in the budget, but also for a long-term purpose, not just for the sake of going to the movies today. Mm. And last but not least, uh, let's just talk about kids budgeting. Should kids budget as well? Yes, they need to budget. The sooner the better, because with children, remember, whatever you teach them, they carry that into their adulthood. You also don't want, and this is what happens a lot, especially um, in our communities as people of color. We grew up with old school parents who said, you know, budgeting and things uh, relating to money for the adults. Fast forward to when you get your first job, you're in debt. You've got a student loan to pay. Mm. Um, you, You don't have insurance because you can't afford it. Something happens, you don't have medical aid. Um, something happens to your car, you don't have insurance. So because we're not taught these things at home, it takes much longer for us to learn it. And the, the, most of us actually learn it through trial and error. You have to get burned first. So to avoid that and to, to, to create a new generation of, of um, con- financially, financially confident uh, uh, people, we need to ensure that your one-year-old, your two-year-old, they want to buy things, Give them 10 rand, explain to them what it is, mm. and, okay, the chips are 5 rand. Give the lady 10 rand, how much are you going to get back? That's half your money. Some things like that. You don't have to complicate it, you know, tell them about your debts. But whatever money you give them or the things that they require, they need to understand that money does not grow from trees. But money, there's a responsibility attached to it. And money in the right hands could change the world for the better. But money in the wrong hands could make it worse. You want to make sure that kids understand how money works and for the better of the community, not just themselves. Thank you so much, Nelly, for sharing such good advice with us around budgeting. How do our listeners connect with you on social media? Well, I'm on Twitter and Instagram. It's BRI underscore Nelly I'm on Facebook. I've got a page, Nelly Masango. And then, ladies, we've got a business networking brunch on the 25th of August in Santon. So please follow me on social media to get your tickets. It's really about encouraging women to become financially independent, to be aware of budgeting, as well as how do we create businesses and how do we support businesses in the female community. So, yes, you can follow me on social media for more information. Thank you so much uh, for joining us on A Sound Awake. 28 minutes before 5 o'clock. Stay with us right here on SAFM. In a moment or two, we will be joined by our get up and go of the day. We are chatting to Dumi Makubele and she'll be chatting to us about her career, her life and what she does for a living. In the meantime, here's the sounds of Shade with Smooth Operator.